Old Radio. Old Radio. Old Radio. Old Radio. Old Radio. Comedy Podcast. Welcome to episode 16 of season 3 of the Old Radio Comedy Podcast. Jimmy Durante was an actor, comedian, singer, and pianist known for his gravelly voice and his rather prominent nose, which he called the Great Schnazola. He became famous on vaudeville and on Broadway in the 1920s and 30s, and went on to radio and television fame for several decades. His first prominent radio appearance was on the Chase and Sanborn Hour in 1933, which he became the host of. His next show was the Jumbo Fire Chief program from 35 to 36 until teaming up with Gary Moore for the Durante Moore Show from 1943 to 1947. Next came the Jimmy Durante Show from 47 through 50. Durante continued in TV, film, and music recording through the 1960s. He died in 1980. Red Skelton was an entertainer who became famous through his radio and television shows from the 30s through the 70s. He started out in traveling medicine shows in the 20s, doing comedy shows on riverboats and in small Midwest theaters. He broke into film in the 1930s and 40s, and in radio in 1937. His own first radio program was Avalon Time, which he hosted from 38 to 39, before moving on to the Raleigh Cigarette Program in 1941. Later, he branched out into television in the 50s and 60s. He died in 1997. Now sit back and enjoy the October 29th, 1947 broadcast of The Jimmy Durante Show and the September 2nd, 1939 broadcast of Avalon Time with Red Skelton. Good health to all from Rexall. From Hollywood, The Jimmy Durante Show. Ink, a a dink a a dink a Yes, it's the Jimmy Durante Show with Arthur Treacher, Candy Candido, Roy Bargy and his orchestra, our Rexall sportscaster, Tommy Harmon, yours truly, Howard Petrie, and our special guest tonight, Lucille Ball. Brought to you by 10,000 Rexall drugstores who carry the complete line of top quality Rexall drug products. And here he is, not a transcription, not a wax reproduction, but the one and only Jimmy Durante in person. You've got to start off each day with a song. Now even when things go wrong, you feel better, you even look better. Stop the music, stop the music. And now as a tribute to our musical orchestra, I'd like to introduce the most important members. Hoist flutist, Joe Petrillo. Hoist clarinetist, Tommy Petrillo. Hoist trombone, Peter Petrillo. <laughs> I'll bet this is one band that will be making records next year. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you're under no obligation to laugh. However, if you don't, we have a brand new audience warming up in the basement. How many kids? Now, as I see you're sharp as a tack again tonight, just as you were on the information please program the other night. Jimmy, was I impressed? You're not the only one, Howard. Boy, did I amaze Spatterman and the rest of those experts. Uh, Why, the minute I walked in the door, I won a set of Encyclopedia Britannicas. You did? Yeah, they couldn't guess what I was. <laughs> But, Howard, if you think those exploits were confusing, just listen to this question they gave me. If a projectile traveling at supersonic speed through the stratosphere reached its destination in seven seconds, how long would it take a woodpecker with chapped lips to remove the pimento from a stubborn olive? <laughs> hey, that's some question. Who sent that in? J.C. Cooch from Raccoon Tail, Nebraska. And I'll bet $50 there ain't a guy in the world that can answer it. I can. The answer is two minutes, 35 and two-thirds seconds. That's the right answer. What's your name? J.C. Coops, Raccoon Tail and Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> Trapped again, me and my big mount. I'd get rid of it, only it's such a handy place to keep my teeth. <laughs> 
Come in. Mr. Durante, the British Embassy has requested me to instruct you concerning protocol at the wedding of Princess Elizabeth. You are attending, aren't you? Yes, if the cleaners return my knickers in time. <laughs> Very well, then. Here's the procedure you are to follow. During the ceremony, you are to stand two paces to the left of the Duke of Gloucester, provided Lady Ashley does not attend. In which event, you curtsy to the Marchioness of Sussex, bow to the Duke of Essex, kiss the hand of the Countess of Middlesex, and retreat two paces to the left of Lord Lonsbury of Worcestershire. Unless Lady Stanhope is standing beside Lord Deming, in which case you recognize rank and fall back four paces to the rear of the Chancellor of the Exchequer. Are there any questions? Yes, one question. If I bring hard-boiled eggs in my lunchbox, will Britain supply the salt? <laughs> I bid you good day, sir. Good day, sir. Good Jimmy, day. Jimmy, are you serious about going to the wedding of Elizabeth and Phillips? Are you Josh and Howard? Why, I've already sent the wedding gift. It's a dozen towel marked His Highness, Her Highness, and RDB. RDB? What does that mean? Rub, don't blush. <laughs> also sent the prince a personal gift for foggy days, a monocle with a windshield wiper on it. <laughs> but that is neither fish nor chips. Howard, I'm expecting Lucille Ball at our house for dinner. We're planning to do a movie together. I've always wanted to work with a glamour girl. Glamour girl? Glamour girl? Did somebody say glamour girl? <laughs> Man the lifeboatsmen, we've struck a typhoon. <laughs> Daddy, don't forgive me for intruding. I'm Lucia Ball's understudy, and she sent me over to rehearse. After all, anything you were going to do with her, you can do with me. I know Truman wants us to get along with less, but this is ridiculous. <laughs> oh, Mr. Andy, you're so witty. Now, now, before we start the rehearsal, I should like to test the microphone. Please do, please do. La, 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 la! Well, you just blew Tehachapi off the network. Would you like to try for Pismo Beach? Oh, Mr. you mad wag, you. Now, come on, let's rehearse this scene from the script Lucille has in mind. Oh, this is a wonderful part for you. It gives you a chance to run the gamut of emotion. A big part for me, huh? huh? All right, let's try it. Oh, Eustace. So you've come back to me after all the weary months and years of waiting. Oh, you don't know. You don't know how I've missed you, how I've needed you, how I've wanted you. Are you all right, Eustace? Are you, darling? Are you? Well, I... No, no, don't speak. <laughs> Just let me look at you. Oh, Eustace. Did you give me any thought when you were away on your long journeys? Did you miss me? Did you? Did you? Well, I... No, no, never mind. <laughs> See it in your eyes. Great part I got here. I hope I can remember it. <laughs> no! You never get a thought to me! Oh, you're not gonna be the monster! I hate you, I hate you, I hate you, I hate you! Oh, darling, I didn't mean that. I can bite my tongue for saying that. Bite your tongue, you'll have to catch it first. <laughs> oh, darling, kiss me. Kiss me. Oh, it's been so long since I've had a chance to go out and have a fling. Sorry, I'm busy now. Fling it somewhere else. <laughs> Besides, I'm already betrothed, which sometimes leads to marriage. Let me tell you about it. Folks, I'm gonna tell you about my gal that I lost. Folks, I'm gonna find her and no matter the cost. At times I think this little girl is out of this world, which makes my search for her a little inconvenient. But I'll tell you just what I'm gonna do. A description of her I'll give to you. She's a little bit this and a little bit that and a little bit thin and a little bit fat. So send my baby back to me. She's a little bit blonde, a little brunette, a little bit rich, a little bit in debt. And that describes her to a T. What a gal. She's got a little nose that turns up. My nose turns down. And every time we kiss, we lock bumpers. Ha, ha, ha. She's a little bit this. A little bit that and a little bit high and a little bit fat. So bring my baby back to me. You know, the other day I threw a big party to announce our engagement. The big event of the party was the game I introduced. A scavenger hunt. Everybody had to go out and bring back the strangest, most broken down thing you could find. And it's the last time I'll ever play that game. They brought me back three times before they found out I was the host. <laughs> it's a good thing my girl identified me. 
I'm so devoted to her. I like her too. I love her limpid blonde eyes and the one that is blue. Yes, she's a little bit strong, a little bit frail. I've given you every little detail. So bring back my baby to me. You want to be sure that the product is pure when you ask for drug preparation. Buy the Rexall line at the Rexall sign of Rexall Identification. 25% of America buys its drug needs in Rexall drugstores. Yes, the name Rexall identifies everything fine in drugs. For Rexall is that large and respected family of more than 2,000 different drug products. Always available at Rexall drugstores everywhere. There is a fine Rexall product for every drug need. For example, for a fine vitamin supplement, take Rexall Plenamin. For fine aspirin, take Rexall Aspirin. For fine toothpaste, take Rexall Toothpaste. Let the name Rexall identify everything fine in drugs for you. For the name Rexall is your constant guarantee of fine drug products, the finest that science and pharmaceutical skill can produce. 25% of America buys its drug needs in Rexall drugstores. If you want to be sure that the product is pure when you ask for a drug preparation, buy the Rexall line at the Rexall sign of Rexall identification. Good health to all from Rexall. As you know, ladies and gentlemen, Jimmy Durante has invited Lucille Ball to his house for dinner to discuss her new picture, in which Durante plans to play the part of her lover. Her lover. <laughs> Silly, isn't it? As we look in on him now, he is making frenzied preparations for her arrival, aided and abetted, of course, by Treacher. Treacher, let's get ready for our guest. This joint needs organizing. Don't you think this house needs a thorough cleaning? Cleaning is hardly the word. While dusting this morning, I discovered another room. <laughs> How nice. I'll convert it into a nursery. My police dog is expecting rookies. <laughs> but this is no time for trivialities, creature. Miss Boyd. <laughs> oh, oh, come on, boy, come on. Let me go back to that, I will, please. I, like I think I can do a little better. Right. But this is no time for trivialities, creature. <laughs> Miss Ball will be here any minute. Lay out my dinner jacket, my cutaway vest, and reverse my celluloid collar. Yes, sir. And treat you, when you serve dinner tonight, I want you to look sartorially correct. I'm expecting you will wear a dress shirt. But I'm sorry, sir, but you're wearing it tonight. However, don't concern yourself. I can always whitewash my chest. Whitewash your chest? <laughs> what will you do for shirt studs? Well, I happen to have three very convenient moles. <laughs> Ah, uh, Treacher, you're a genius. Remind me to reward you with a soggy Tootsie Roll. How provincial. May I ask, what is the purpose of Miss Ball's visit here tonight? Since I have the next line, I'll answer that question. Miss <laughs> Ball wants us to discuss her scenario. She's looking for a handsome and talented leading man. Oh, how nice of you to have thought of me. Wait a minute. What makes you think Lucille Ball would prefer you to me? Well, can I help it if I'm the sophisticated type? Women like a man who has lived. I've lived? I mean recently. <laughs> Besides, you know, to intrigue a woman of Miss Ball's caliber, one must not only be handsome and talented, but also well-dressed, suave and debonair. Well, I'm well-dressed, suave and debonair, ain't I? Ho, ho, ho. You have had your answer. <laughs> Boy, that's gratitude for you, folks. And to think I let the hem down on all my nightgowns so they would fit him. <laughs> but, Treacher... All right, what do you want for dinner? What's this? It's a cook I hired for the occasion. For a minute, I thought it was Sadie Hawkins' day and somebody sent us a hawk. <laughs> Never mind the smart cracks, hose nose. How do you want your dinner, boiled or fried? What have you got for dinner? Nothing. Burlish. <laughs> Treacher... Our guests will be here any minute, and you mean to say there's nothing for dinner? What about that plum duff we had yesterday? Isn't there any left? No, but I could serve some plain duff. What's plain duff? Plain duff is plum duff after you've taken the plum out of the duff, and all that's left is the stuff. 
put blues on the end of that, and you got a hit song. <laughs> that must be Lucille Ball now. Quick, preacher, where's my perfume? Yeah, that's it. Now switch them on my hair, in my eyebrows, behind my ears, under my nose. That's it. I've laid a perfect trail to my lips. Open the door, preacher. Ah, uh, wait till Lucille Ball gets a whiff to this. Is somebody cooking cabbage? <laughs> Lucille Ball! In person. I'm overwhelming, Lucille. The exuberance of this unctuous occasion and the mere quintessence of your celestial radiance premeditates my bountiful soul with palpitation of grandiosius jocanunity. <laughs> Jimmy, if you think that over, I'm sure you'll take it back. Take it back? Nothing. I had a hard enough time getting rid of it. <laughs> well, don't let me excite you, Jimmy. I'm just like any other blonde. What do you mean, blonde? Your hair is red. Red? Please, Jimmy. In Hollywood, we don't say that word. <laughs> but step inside the rotunda, Lucille. You've never seen my house before. Oh, I think it's terrific, Jimmy. And you've already decorated for Halloween. Oh, I love that pumpkin head in the corner with a silly grin. Please, that's my Uncle Louie looking at the pictures in Esquire. <laughs> well, you do have a swell place here, Jimmy. It's so homey. Oh, that's a lovely motto hanging over the dresser. Did you write it? Of course, and I crocheted it, too. <laughs> but my pointed nose, I only needed one needle. Oh, what poetry. So sentimental. It takes a heap of living to make a house a home. It's a haven to return to wherever you may roam. It's a place of lasting beauty, be you king or be you slave. So whenever you want comfort, oh, Jimmy, I can't. Go on, read it. Scrape your pan with Burma shade. <laughs> you know, Lucille, I don't deserve all the glory for that poem. Longfellow pitched in on the last line. Well, Jimmy, as long as we're comfortable here, maybe we can start talking about the picture we're going to make together. Marvelous. Why don't, why don't we do something like your last picture, Her Husband's Affairs? I can just see myself in one of those political pictures, being elected president and moving into the White House in Los Angeles. Oh, Jimmy, the White House is 2,000 miles away. You don't know federal law. You don't know the Los Angeles city limits. <laughs> This town is so spread out, Beverly Hills is now a town in Iowa. Jimmy, I'd like to do a part in a picture that's a little different. You know, a character part. Ah, Lucille, that's what I like about you. You're so versatile. No, thank you, Jane. It's people like you that make people like me realize that we should carry the art of Sarah Bernhardt to all the people of the universe and to people wherever there are people. <laughs> Folks, you have just heard we the people. <laughs> Listen, don't tell me you're from Brooklyn. Of course not, stupid. I'm from the Bronx, and they love me there. Yeah, when the fellow saw me in her husband's affairs with Francho Tone, they awarded me a very great honor. A great honor? Yes. They voted me Miss Other End of the Davenport for 1947. <laughs> <laughs> and Jimmy... You know, my family was very refined. I come from a long line of Murphys, Kellys, and O'Toole. But my mother married a Mulligan. But Mulligan is an Irish stew. Well, she knew that, but she married him anyway. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lucille, you really got it on the ball. <laughs> I, uh, I say hello. May I join you? Everybody wants to get into the act. <laughs> How are you, Mr. Treacher? Good to Miss Ball. By the way, have you seen our library yet? Oh, yes, and I'm dying to read The Fall and Decline of the Grecian Satellite by Golinio Robles. I read but a Ms. lot. Miss Ball, my favorites are Aristotle's soliloquies and Spinoza's spheric dialectics. I spend oh, the but time the in the best a... I ever read were The Anatomy of Melancholia and Anecdotes of an Antiquated Octogenarian. Did anyone see what Dick Tracy did to Mumbles today? <laughs> Dinner will be ready in a moment. Take my arm, Lucille. Before dinner, I've got a little surprise for you in the music room. Wonderful, Jimmy. You know, our singer Peggy Lee has been on the sick list, and Jack Benny loaned me a sportsman quartet to fill in tonight. Are you there, fellas? Mm -hmm. 
Sounds like the mating call of a contented cow. Gee, it was generous of Jack Benny to loan you his quartet. Hello? Stop pounding me, Jack. The check is in the mail. <laughs> Carry on, sportsman. Carry on. Far below the Mexican border, where the senoritas go beneath the moon. I think. There's a bold and dashing vaquero, and every night you hear him croon. I think. In my adobe hacienda, there's a touch of Mexico. I think. Talk to slovelier than in the patio, I think. Soft as it starts and this drum of guitar make every evening seem so sweet. I think. In my adobe hacienda, life and love are more complete. Tee tee ting, more complete. Think so? See, I think. story begins in the Rexall Laboratory. Yes, the Rexall Laboratory is one of the largest and most completely equipped pharmaceutical laboratories in the world. Here, more than 2,000 different Rexall drug products are scientifically compounded under the exacting direction of doctors, chemists, and pharmacists. That's why when your Rexall druggist says, for example, you can always depend upon Rexall Bismarex to bring you prompt and prolonged relief from acid indigestion, dyspepsia, or heartburn. You may be sure your Rexall druggist knows what he's talking about. Thanks to the unsurpassed quality standards of the Rexall Laboratory, you can depend on any drug product bearing the name Rexall. The quality of one Rexall product will tell you the quality story for all Rexall products. Remember, 25% of America buys its drug needs at Rexall drugstores. If you want to be sure that the product is pure when you ask for a drug preparation, buy the Rexall line at the Rexall sign of Rexall identification. Good health to all from Rexall. Lucille, during dinner I thought the whole thing over. And I think we ought to make a romantic love story where I play your lover. How do you feel about me making love to you? I'm feeling mighty low. <laughs> Poor darling, she's choked up with emotion. <laughs> you know, Jimmy, I think we should do a psychological murder mystery. I'd rather be the frustrated heroine, and you can be a hard-boiled detective from Homicide. This is stupendous. Why, I'll be another Mark Hackinger. That's Hellinger. We're on the air. <laughs> I'm coming a little late on that line. <laughs> we must be careful, you know, because many of our listeners are bookies. <laughs> Go ahead, Lucille. <laughs> you start the story with one of those dramatic narrations. Okay, here goes. Yes, I killed my husband. I killed him because I needed money. Lots of money. I needed a million dollars. You see, I wanted to buy a Cadillac from Honest John. <laughs> but there was a detective, a cold-blooded detective who preyed on my conscience like the plague. 
Everywhere I turned, his voice rang in my ears. This is the voice of your conscience. Go away. I don't speak to strangers. You can't escape me. You murdered your husband. You murdered your husband. You murdered your husband. There's no laugh there, folks, but it helps you follow the story. His nagging voice was with me constantly. I was afraid of him because he was clever. Besides being a detective, he wrote mystery novels. Yes, another Edgar Allan Schmo. <laughs> but that first day he came on the case, I saw him coming down the street and his friends called to him. Hiya, Jimmy. Hello, Jimmy. Hi there, Jimmy. What's new, Jimmy? Hey, look, it's Jimmy. Yes, his name was Charlie. <laughs> when he knocked on the when he knocked on the door, I walked from the fourth floor of my mansion down to the front door. Long legs. <laughs> then I opened the door, and there he was. Okay, sister. I'm from the law firm of Zombie, Zombie, and Crawl. Zombie, Zombie, and Crawl? Yes, after two zombies, you've got to crawl. <laughs> now look, baby, I know you murdered your husband, and I'm going to prove it. What's in that room there? Oh, please don't go in there. It's only my poor old invalid grandmother. I'll take a look anyway. Pardon me, my dear lady. I can tell by looking at your sweet old face that you had nothing to do with the murder. But I gotta hear it from your own tender lips. Ah, drop dead! <laughs> Poor darling. She was getting a broom ready for Halloween. <laughs> but there's something suspicious about this case. When we examined the corpse, we found 32 bullet holes in his body, but not one bullet hole in his clothes. How do you account for that? Must have been an inside job. <laughs> a logical deduction. But who is this low character coming over here? Oh, that's my butler. Uh, this is Detective Durante. How do you do? <laughs> I haven't heard a laugh like that since I lost my halter at the YMCA. <laughs> What's your name, butler? My name is Lester Chester Sylvester Hettle Desta Vesta. Lester Chester Sylvester Van Nessel Hester Festa Hester Sylvester? You know, folks, we have the wealthiest writers in radio. They get paid by the word. <laughs> Now, you stick around, Lester Chester. I've got to find some clues. Oh, I can't stand it any longer. I did it. I shot my husband, stabbed him and strangled him and hit him over the head with a club. And I admit it. Words, words. I'm looking for clues. Stop, stop! Detective Durrani. I won't let her take the blame. I murdered him. Oh, it's my secret lover, Candido. And when you see him, you can see why I'm keeping him secret. <laughs> Be careful, be careful, he's a gangster and a cutthroat. I got my gun on me. Tell me, Candida, how did you become a hoodlum? Well, I started in high society, drifted to the middle classes and wound up down here in the underworld. <laughs> so you confess that you're the murderer, huh? Well, we were all in it together. The wife, the butler, and me. Come on, Lester Chester, let's run for it. Come back here, I'll shoot. How do you like that? I shot all three of them. Sound man must use carbon paper. <laughs> what do you know? I'm in heaven. What do you know? I'm in heaven, too. What do you know? Low man again. <laughs> Friends, here are those foremost Rexall reminders for the week. Remember, 25% of America buys its drug needs in Rexall drugstores. Remember, Rexall is that large and respected family of more than 2,000 different drug products. Remember, you can always depend on any drug product bearing the name Rexall. Remember, Rexall drug products are available in Rexall drugstores everywhere. To shame, Howard, and I'd like to add, I do my shopping at a Rexall store, buying Rexall drugs, and furthermore, hombre, I'll go, he prefers them to, we buy Rexall, that's all. How do you do? In just a moment, we'll switch to Chicago to hear a Rexall sportscast of Tommy Harmon. Meanwhile, from this end, we'll say Rexall for tonight from Arthur Treacher, Roy Bargie, yours truly, Howard Petrie, and Jimmy Durante, who says thanks to Miss Lucille Ball. 
You were very sweet to visit us in next week's folks. Our good friend Bing Crosby will be with us on our Rexall show at the same time, same station. Good night, Mrs. Calabash, wherever you are. This program was produced and directed by Phil Cohan. And now, for a Rexall sportscast from Chicago, we bring you Tommy Harmon. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. A pack of Avalon cigarettes, please Yes, sir Oh, just a moment, sir Don't forget your change You'd never guess, but Avalon's cost you less So why not always travel on with Friends, good evening. This is Del King saying welcome to Avalon Time with Kirk Massey, Edna Stilwell, Jeanette the Avalon Chorus, Bob Strong and his orchestra, and radio's red-headed ragamuffin, Richard Red Skelton. If you want every penny you spend for your cigarettes to bring full value, then switch to Avalon, cigarettes that give you more for your money. Yes, the outstanding cigarette value on the market today. Avalon are highest quality, but cost three to five cents less per pack than other popular price brands. And bear this in mind, that saving of three to five cents means a reduction of as much as one-third of your total cigarette expense. And that amounts to many, many dollars every year. Now, don't think you're sacrificing quality to gain Avalon's money-saving economy. Absolutely not. Avalon's are union-made of a matchless blend of the world's finest Turkish and domestic tobaccos. In fact, you couldn't get finer quality tobaccos in any other cigarette, regardless of price, regardless of brand. When any cigarette offers such definite advantages, it certainly deserves a trial. So the next time, try Avalon, the modern cigarette, priced to fit the time. For some news. We present our carrot top commentator with his headline hokum. Here he is, that naughty, nicey, nutsy, nosy news hawk, Red Skelton. Thank you very much, and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. And now for the news. Duck Hollow, Kansas, a small town dog catcher after five year term in office, loses his job. <laughs> Nothing left for the guy to do. He finally caught the dog. <laughs> <laughs> Chicago, Illinois. This week in Chicago is courtesy week. In other words, automobiles are not allowed to hit more than three pedestrians in one safety zone. <laughs> so you think it's not tough on the pedestrians nowadays? No kidding. The only chance a pedestrian has nowadays is to be able to jump three ways at the same time. <laughs> the fashion news from Paris, France. Bustles will be worn this fall. <laughs> Gee, my girl will be right in style. <laughs> And she ain't trying, either. <laughs> the world in sports. The National League pennant will go to the team that's good for the long pull. In the American League, long pulls don't count. Just the Yanks. <laughs> <laughs> Yet 
Yesterday was ladies' day over at the ballpark. All the ladies got in for nothing. I took Edna Stilwell over there, and it was funny. So many people mistook us for sisters. <laughs> <laughs> News from coast to coast. College, college, college. College students and uh, high school students prepare to go back to school. Gee, good old college. I wonder what the kids will learn to eat this year. <laughs> Oh, I love school, though. Five of the happiest years of my life I spent in the fourth grade. <laughs> but after five years in the fourth grade, they finally put me in the third. <laughs> News from the fields of medicine. A man frozen in ice for five days is revived, and he says that he feels no ill effects. <laughs> my uncle says they should do something for the guys who stayed boiled that long. <laughs> You know, if they carry this freezing cure too far, all the doctors will go out of business. No kidding. Somebody gets a bum liver, all they do is open up the icebox and say to the eggs and meat, move over. <laughs> well, I think that's enough news for tonight. So I'll scram out of here and let Jeanette sing, My Heart Has Wings. Singing pretty, Jeanette, but pretty. <laughs> Come to our slice of life. Things that happen in everyday life that you do and that I do, in fact, all of us do. You set the scene, will you, Del? Right, Red. Well, as the scene opens, a young couple is found riding along the highway in an automobile. It's a beautiful night. Edna Stilwell plays the part of the romantic young girl, and Red Skelton plays the part of the handsome young man. Handsome. <laughs> it's a very dark night, folks. Listen. Hey, can't this car go any faster? It can, but I ain't going to get out and push it. <laughs> Say, isn't it a beautiful night? Shall we pause and look at the moon? We'll look at the moon, but you keep your paws to yourself. <laughs> See, isn't it romantic driving along the road? Here we are, all alone, just you and me and the good humor men. Uh-oh, uh-oh, I think we're out of gas. Now, don't give me that stuff. Why, ain't you got no money? Oh, it seems to be all right now. For a minute, I thought we were going to have to do a little siphon work. <laughs> What's that down the road? I don't know. It looks like a couple of hitchhikers. Shall we pick them up, or shall we just whiz by and let them swear at us? I don't know. It's awful dangerous picking up strangers. Yeah? And besides, I don't think they're hitchhikers. Why? Look, it's a dark night, and they aren't wearing neon thumbs. Yeah. Well, maybe they're just beginners. I feel sort of sorry for them. Let's pick them up, huh? <laughs> i got to get that sound man fixed. Uh, <laughs> Say, you want to ride, fellas? Yeah, right, well, get in there in the back seat there. Gee, make yourself at home. Thank you. Gee, I hope it's comfortable back there for you. I wish you hadn't picked those guys up. Oh. They look bad. 
And did you see the bulge that big one has under his arm? Yeah, I bet he buys his clothes the same place I do. <laughs> well, what can you expect for box tops? <laughs> Listen, don't worry. Just switch on the radio there. Calling all cars, calling all cars. Two prisoners escaped tonight from the state penitentiary. They were last seen on Highway 41. That is all. Did you hear that? Yeah. Two escaped convicts on Highway 41. Yeah. What highway is this? It ain't the road to Mandalay. <laughs> I'll bet they're the convicts. Uh-oh. Look in the mirror and see what they're doing. Oh, they're feeling around in their pockets. They're looking for the gun. Yeah. Gee, in a minute you may be dead. Yeah. I mean, all together. Yeah. <laughs> Look, one of them reaching out his hand. Say, buddy, have you got a match? Yeah. Oh, no, I mean, yeah. Yeah, here's a cigarette lighter. Just keep it. I got plenty more. Have you got a cigarette? Yeah, she just move in. Here's a whole pack. I'm sorry, I don't have a carton. Well, as I was saying, Bill, before we picked up this ride, the best killings are done scientifically. Now, this afternoon, I killed 11 of them, and there wasn't a sound out of any of them. Stop sticking out your tongue. That's not my tongue, that's my heart. Well, don't let them know you're scared. I'm not scared, I'm just scared, I'm scared I'm going to get scared. Well, if you're not scared, you better call back your eyes. Yes. Do you take a knife like this and then with a quick stab? Oh, sure, sure. It's quicker that way and they don't suffer so much. Yeah, I'll bet it's more fun, too. <laughs> uh, by the way, uh, how would you like a big fat head? I think they're talking about you now. <laughs> yeah, a couple of those Trousseau murderers. <laughs> Boy, this road getting darker and darker. Oh, look, there's a sign. It's 20 miles to Goslo. Boy, you are scared. 20 miles to Goslo. It says speed limit, 20 miles an hour. Go slow. <laughs> Look, and I'll try to talk them into letting you go free, but I want you to know that I love you, and I've only been untrue to you once. You have? Yeah, once I kissed the chorus girl on the forehead. On the forehead? Yeah. She wasn't a chorus girl. <laughs> and besides, I thought you were the one who never looked at another woman. Now, look, I dear, thought now, you... look, dear, let's don't fight. I want the last few minutes to be happy ones. Well, farewell, my love. Oh, look, there's hmm? a filling station. Yeah. You pull in there and I'll start yelling for help. Yeah, and the guy will probably run out and start wiping off the windshield. <laughs> Say, Bill, don't you think these people are acting rather funny? Yes. And did you notice the man looks just like Blepke? <laughs> well, I'll tap him on the shoulder and we'll introduce ourselves. Help! 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 Please! Help! I'm help. A, a good man. What's the trouble? Don't try to play innocent. We heard every word you said, brother. And about those 11 people your pal killed. Yeah, those 11 people your pal killed. Why, I didn't kill 11 people. Well, you don't even count them anymore, huh? <laughs> Ah, uh, you're clever criminals, but we heard every word you said. Just a minute. Hold on there, fella. Here's my card. Yes? Well, I'm Bill Green of the State Animal Husbandry, and I'm here to show the farmers how to butcher their cattle scientifically. Oh, yes. yes. and I'm Parson Smith. Oh, I beg your pardon. Uh, pardon me. <laughs> well, did you hear that, Edna? There are a couple of rushes. Oh. Can we do anything to repay you for your kindness? Yes, you can get me a glass of water. My caveman just caved in. By way of letting you keep up to date with the latest scintillating rhythms, Bob Strong and his orchestra present Bob's arrangement of Pavan.
Ladies and gentlemen, did you hear what the learned Chinese philosopher Ti Ching said about Avalon cigarettes? Well, he said... In China, it is written in letters of gold. Confucius say stitching in time was doing bush. Correction. Bud in hand, bad pebble manner. Correction. Good thing come in little package. Avalon come in little package. You're never guessing. They cost you less, eh? <laughs> <laughs> yes, friends. Teaching certainly knows what he's talking about. Everyone can save money, and plenty of money, too, by switching to Avalon cigarettes. Avalon's cost three to five cents less per pack than other popular price brands. And let me tell you, you'll be surprised how fast that repeated saving on every pack will turn into important money. Yes, many, many extra dollars. But judging by the quality, you'd never guess Avalon's cost you less. They're union-made from extra-choice, extra-select Turkish and domestic tobaccos, blended to perfection to give you cigarettes that are unsurpassed for real smoking enjoyment. Just think, outstanding quality, exceptionally money-saving economy. Truly, Avalon's are the cigarette buy of today. So the next time, try a pack of Avalon's. Here's Kurt Massey and the Avalon Chorus to sing you a very beautiful song of a few years back that's still a great favorite. When it's twilight on the trail. All right, Kurt, we're waiting. When it's twilight on the trail. On the trail. And the jog along. The world is like a dream. And the ripple of a stream is my song. Never ever have a nickel in my teeth. Never ever have a debt to pay. to the Send Out Skelton service. If you're in distress and need some help and need it bad, we'll send out Skelton. Here we are in Skelton's office where Edna Stilwell assumes the duties of a secretary. Hello, this is Send Out Skelton's service. The government's project is the WPA. Skelton's is the WPU. <laughs> What's that, miss? Oh, you're getting married today and you want Mr. Skelton to come over and make your fiancé jealous. Are you sure you want Mr. Skelton? Oh, I see. Boris Karloff was out. <laughs> okay, you'll be right over. Hey, what's this? I gotta go over and make a boyfriend jealous? Yep, and does this make telephone history? Uh, the first time anybody was connected with a the party they called and still got the wrong number. Yeah. Listen, now don't go around selling me short as a glamour boy. I've got more oomph than I can handle. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean, oomph? <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, the bride just quarreled with her groom, and you're supposed to make him jealous enough to make him do his part in the wedding ceremony. Another wedding, eh? Oh, I love weddings. Last June, I stood up for my uncle. You know, the one that drinks so much. <laughs> he couldn't quite make it. <laughs> I didn't think any self-respecting love bug would ever bite him. Well, it don't bite him anymore. It just sort of gums him a little. <laughs> You know, you should have seen how red the bride's face was. Well, can you blame her for blushing? Look yeah. what she got. Yeah. That was uh, two months after the wedding before he found out that his blushing bride was a Mindy. Oh, <laughs> uh, but romance sure runs in our family. Well, get going, perpetual emotion. Yeah. Well, I'm off to pitch a little woo. <laughs> The sign says, beware of dogs. I'll just ring the doorbell. Well? Uh, I'm the fellow you hear on the radio that uh, goes out and uh, makes somebody jealous. I'm the one you send for. Hmm. Another boost for television. Yeah. Well, come in. Um, don't look now, but uh, that man over there. He and my daughter had a little spat. Well, congratulations, a boy or a girl? <laughs> oh, spat! Oh. Yes, he won't go through with the ceremony we planned, so I'm afraid you'll have to help us out. Uh, don't worry, I'll make him jealous. <laughs> Say, what do you think uh, his, uh, her boyfriend will do when he sees me and thinks I'm going to marry your daughter? He'll probably come over and wring your hand off. Well, that's... Huh? Well, Cynthia, she'll explain everything. Oh, Cynthia... This is the man who's going to make Henry jealous. Yeah, how are you, Toots? Oh, it's alive. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I'll make that guy so jealous. Oh, you don't look like it would be jealous. Oh, no. I even made my own mother jealous once. Your mother? Yeah. She looks at me and gets jealous of other mothers. <laughs> now, if you don't want me, I'll just leave out of it. Well, it's too late for last-minute changes. Mm-hmm. My fiancé refuses to go through with the ceremony, so you march with me. And when he sees you, he'll get jealous and rush over and insist on marrying me himself. He will? Mm-hmm. Why? I mean, uh... Now, quiet. Get ready while I talk to the bridesmaids. Oh. Now, let's see. I should have something old, something new, something borrowed, and something blue. I think that was the uh, bridegroom. It just blew. <laughs> Don't be silly. That's Henry over there. Oh, isn't he distinguished looking? Yes, he is. What makes him so distinguished looking? Probably those horn-rimmed circles under his eyes. Now, George, you wait here. Say, dressmaker, keep your eye on this uh, specimen. But certainly, sweet Liness. (laughs) Well, if it ain't Gypsy Rose Levy. Please. Please, in the business of dresses, I'm being known as Mrs. George Bernard Schwartz. Say, this sure is a screwy setup here, ain't it? Oh, I think you'll make a lovely couple. Yeah, that that dame's fat enough to be a couple herself. (laughs) You know, to marry her is on the border of bigamy. I ain't talking, remember, but at the last wedding, because she was so fat, they threw puffed rice. (laughs) And you make her dresses? Oh, certainly, and confidentially. It's the first time I'm making a tent with shoulder straps. That sure is a funny-looking dress she has on tonight. What is it? That's the genuine scrape of the shins. Oh. With accordion pleats with the wheel stitching. With wheel stitching? Ham stitching, I couldn't say. Oh, I'm all fluttered. I- I'll go first, so watch out for my wedding gown now. Uh, are you nervous? Well, uh, uh, who, who? Me? Me? <laughs> no, I should say not. Well, then stop chewing on that cactus plant. <laughs> My last husband got an awful fright. Yeah, you're telling me. I mean, uh... Oh! Oh, gee, I just stepped on your tail. I mean, veil. <laughs> Clumsy. Come on, now, you better walk with me. Oh, look at Henry. He has his eyes closed. <laughs> He can't bear to see you with some other man. Yeah, look at all those other guys smiling. <laughs> a better bachelor. Say, Henry don't seem to be paying much attention to us. 
Don't worry, he will. Just wait till we're pronounced man and wife. Yeah. Oh, now, wait a minute. Now. Man and wife, look, I can't look. I got to go see a man about a wife. I, I mean, uh, I can't do it. I've got a child and nine small wives. I mean, uh... Father! Listen, if you embarrass my daughter in front of all these people, I'll... All right, okay, okay, but just remember, Say, brother, turn around but... and face the preacher. Okay, but I'll never... Well, are you supposed to be the preacher? Well, I ain't Shirley Temple McPherson. Thank you, Lisa Parsons. I should say so, Mr. Skelton. And am I ready to give your splice for life? <laughs> but you can't do it, Herky. I just got to... Quiet, quiet, Mr. Skelton. The ceremony must go on. Now, join hands. Now, do you, woman, take this man... I do. Well, well if you're in such a hurry, I'll go faster. <laughs> and do you, man... Take this woman for rich or richer, for better or worser, for sick or sicker, till death takes a holiday? I most certainly well, do well, not. Well, here's the ring, Mr. Skelton. Oh, look, Herky, I can't do this thing. Say, somebody else... Where's Elmer? Don't get excited, Mr. Skelton. I'm not excited. I'm oh. just a little... Well, then, for heaven's sake, stop trying to put the ring in her nose. But don't you see, Herky? Oh, I... for goodness sake, keep quiet. I now pronounce you man and wife. Two dollars, please. Oh, I'm so thrilled. Kiss me. Is that necessary? I mean, uh, is it uh, customary to cuss the bride? I mean... Not quite so soon. And for goodness sake, Mr. Skelton, don't shake so much. But, Herky, I'm married. Me, a married man. And right when I'm in the prime of life, too. Oh, for goodness sake, stop blubbering. Nothing happens. We both were hired as stand-ins at a wedding rehearsal. Oh. Well, it looks like we're just about ready to tuck the show away for another week. That's right, Red. Uh, uh, look, I don't want to mention any names, but yes. do you know that somebody around here actually believes that Marshall Field is a playground? You're kidding. <laughs> but you know, I've often wondered what they use those fields for myself. <laughs> Good night, Red. Oh, I don't guess he knows either. Good night, folks. I'll see you all next week. Remember, friends, during the week when you ask for Avalon cigarettes... Don't forget your change. So why not always grab along with Avalon? Yes, you'd never guess, but Avalon's cost only 10 cents plus city or state tax. Red Skelton is appearing in person with Zazu Pitts and John Bowles at the Chicago Theater now and all next week through Thursday. Be with us next Saturday evening at the same time when the Brown and Williamson Tobacco Corporation will again present Avalon Time. Del King speaking. Good night.
Be sure to tune in next time, my friends, for another classic comedy radio show. I'm Greg Fordyce. Thanks for listening. Thanks for 